is Adam. We had the opportunity to speak with Matu and Chris of 660 over Zoom video. Matu was born and raised in New Zealand. Chris was born and raised in Australia, but moved to New Zealand at 19. He grew up in a very musical artsy household and talked about that and how he got into music. Matu grew up a little bit different, but he learned guitar at an early age. He ended up going to, to college in New Zealand, and that's where he met the rest of the guys in 660. They started out as a cover band, and after college is when they started writing originals. They put those songs up on Facebook, and they absolutely blew up. The songs blew up. They started playing shows, eventually recruited Chris into the band. They put out their first record, and it went nuts. To date, it's nine times platinum. The shows they were playing were all huge sellout shows. Their second record came out. They talked about that going seven times platinum. They talked about taking meetings with different record labels, playing this massive stadium, the biggest venue in New Zealand, a sold-out show, 50,000 people. They talked about that. The record they put out in 2019 and how COVID kind of put a wrench in their touring. I mean, they were able to tour, but it really you know, affected the classic tour schedule that they would do, an album cycle. They're currently in Los Angeles. They talked about coming to LA, working on a new record. They've got two of their first like proper headline shows coming up as well that they talk about, one in New York and one in Los Angeles. And you can watch our interview with Matu and Chris on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be rad if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with 660. My name's Adam, and this is about you in your journey in music. I'd love to hear kind of the origin story of the band, and we'll talk about what, what you guys have going on uh, recently. Okay. Um, well, we have that classic met at college story. Okay. <clears throat> we, uh, not the entire band, but uh, a few members of the band, we're studying at in a city called Dunedin, which is in the South Island of New Zealand, which is quite an infamous student town. And one of those one of those cities that you know really bloats up when they when the college is is, is on, and you know, mm -hmm. you know. So when it's not there, there's not a lot of life going on in this in the town. Um, and it was really a kind of a melting pot for a lot of people from different. Uh, ethnicities and different uh, ideas and different backgrounds you know to get away from their parents and really kind of become individuals you know as sure. colleges and so we've got that classic story um in our in our second year um after finding out that we were we were interested in music um we moved into number 660 castle street which is where the name came from okay and, um it was a really it was really a kind of a natural or a natural way. There's no real intent in us ever being a band. We um, loved playing live music. We loved music. We weren't necessarily musicians, but we mm -hmm. loved being together. We loved we loved creating the reason for our friends to come together. So we effectively became known as the 660 Boys, um, and it really kind of flourished from there. So once we left university, uh, we thought we'd write, have a go at writing some original material, and that's um, over the years of university, uh, Chris and some other members kind of became involved as, as it kind of grew bigger. Mm -hmm. So at the end of university, we had to go at writing some original material, um, more so as like a memento, you know, capture the memories of what it was being at university and having a band. 
we're all we all thought we we're going to go away and get jobs. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to rewind a little bit. First off, did you you guys bought that house, right? Did I see that on Instagram? Yeah, a couple months ago we bought that house. That's so rad. How yeah. rad is that? Do you guys practice there, or like what? what uh, aside from it being kind of the birth of the band, we what have, is it utilized for? We've got a lot of plans there at the moment. It's just a functioning flat. You know, there's, okay. there's rooms for people to. Um, where people are staying while they attend Otago University. Um, but the dream, why we bought it is we want to provide free um, accommodation for kids who need it to attend the university there. Wow. So, yeah. That's amazing. That's really cool. We've set up basically, it's basically a charity foundation we've set up. So four yeah. to five kids a year can um, live for free and attend the college. So we've teamed up with the university in Dunedin. A partnership together so the, the kids get a little more than just the free rent they get access to us access to the um, performing arts center down there um studios. So, studios that's dope yeah i wasn't sure if you were like okay we're gonna just turn it into our own practice studio like our little flop house or <laughs> you're doing you're doing good with it in my yeah, mind yeah, went yeah. the total like yeah let's just have this rock we're, star we're party very good people. <laughs> you sound it well okay chris well i'm curious where were, were you both born and raised in the same area or no totally different uh, places. we're all everyone in the band is like super spread out from okay. uh, i actually was born in australia and moved over to new zealand when i was like 19 18 19 and oh, okay uh, i met these guys you know moved to dunedin um yeah everyone's for really really different backgrounds you know some some of the guys grew up on farms some guys grew up in, you know, in the, in the big, big city as, you know, as big as we have in New Zealand. And um, well, what part of Australia? What part uh, of Australia? Um, Darwin, Australia. It's like, it's basically, it's tropical. It's like, it's, it's really close to uh, Southeast Asia. It's like, it's hot. I had like four coconut trees in my backyard. It's that kind of joint. Oh, rad. How did you get into music? Uh, my family was, uh, they're all musicians and actors and weirdos. And uh, so <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, well, uh, yeah, it's cool now. <laughs> At the time <laughs> when I used to get like, you know, they'd have like soirees is what they'd call it. All these like musicians and artists would come around and I'd get wheeled out in like a little tuxedo and have to like sing a song and play piano. <laughs> and uh, it didn't seem that cool then. But uh, looking back, it's kind of fun. That's rad. So it was piano the first instrument you learned? Yeah, piano and violin, and it was a classical family. I wasn't, I wasn't even allowed to listen to modern music when I was growing up. So wow. I, I discovered that later in life. So how did you get to New Zealand? You just decided to go to college there? Or? Uh, no, my mum, uh, I, I actually grew up not knowing my mum uh, at all and uh, found out she lived in New Zealand. So I went to meet her when I was like 19. And, oh, uh, wow. Fell in love with the place, really. Um, it's, it's such an awesome country and... Uh, you know, I fell in love with the south of, of New Zealand, this place called Invercargill, which is where my wife's from, and, and Dunedin's not far from there. So, yeah, just New Zealand became my home really quick. That's amazing. And then uh, you guys grew you said totally different areas. So were you close to the college then when you, where you grew up? Uh, no, I, was in, I grew up in the, the big city, which, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, in the north of Auckland, which is the, the largest city in the in the country. So I'm basically like a, a city boy. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Oh, Auckland's like the, yeah, the big capital yeah. ish, right. Of, of 
yeah. ish. <laughs> but, yeah, people, yeah. people from Wellington will get very upset with that yeah. sentence. So. Oh, sorry. I don't mean to offend anybody. I don't even mean to offend anybody. That's the town I think of, though, when I hear when I hear New yeah. Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What was it like growing up there? Um, it was yeah, it was cool. It was it was interesting. I'm um, there weren't many Maori. Well, I'm a I'm Maori, which is the indigenous. Uh, indigenous people of New Zealand there weren't a lot of them around where I grew up and um but so that was that was interesting and it's there was some navigation that was needed to take place for that um but look I wouldn't have any other way I don't know any alternative so I, I it was fine it was okay. fine I had a good family um I they're quite um a creative quite aspirational family so it was like quite expected of us to do to do well, to go to university and to make something in yourself. So yeah, I got no complaints. It was good. Was it musical at all? Your family? Uh, yeah, they kind of, uh, my family will say they're good at everything. <laughs> that, that trait, you know, it's important that you can play a sport, you can play guitar and you can cook and you can entertain and you can host. And it's that kind of big together competitive family. Um, but all my, you know, my, I guess my music uh, education was more uh, together with my family around the fire, singing songs and passing the guitar around. And my experience was very much like a collective inclusive one, mm-hmm. which is, uh, which I love a lot about music. I love the idea of bringing people together and doing something collectively. Yeah. Were you in bands growing up or in, and real quick, actually was guitar the first instrument you learned? Yes, guitar is really the only instrument I know and, and just singing because they were the ones most accessible to us. I never was in in bands. Um, I, don't, I don't even consider my upbringing that musical. It's just that we had guitars and songs around all the time. Okay. And it was not even really in an, a, much of a dream of mine in a way. I just found myself in a band because I liked being with the boys and I liked, again, like that, I have that feeling of bringing people together. Okay. Yeah. So did you, and then you both met at college. Were you both going like classes together? Like how'd you meet? I didn't actually go to uh, the college, but uh, Jai, our guitarist, uh, and Eli, our drummer, um, that's that's where these guys met, playing rugby, right? Yeah, I met one of them on the same rugby team together. And then the other one, I was in the same dorm together. And then uh, I think we uh, met Chris because we needed a bass player. And, um, and I had one. And he had a bass player. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, and yeah, look, it was real happenstance to be honest. There was no, there was no real, um, no, not that we set out to be a band and least of all to be successful. We just, we're kind of following our noses. So once you started writing songs, like how were you playing like locally around the college? Like how was the early, early days of the band? Like, yeah, well, we're, we're basically, we were a cover band, uh, for the first, for our entire time at university, basically. And then, like I said, when we left, you know, three hour, three, three years after being at university, we had a go at writing some original material. And that was very much reflective of what was happening in the New Zealand sound at the time. Roots music, very reggae influenced. It was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, big sing-alongs, um, bit of drum and bass in there. That's the kind of what the New Zealand music scene was really taking off at the time. Um, so we wrote some original material. We put it on Facebook and we left. We went home and went about starting the next chapter um, and it blew up on Facebook basically. And 
people went nuts and we started sending out the EPs, you know, dropping them off by hand, sending them in the mail. And then we did our first gig in Christchurch, which is the other big city in the South Island. And it, was just, it just went berserk. It was on, on a New Zealand scale, went, went crazy. No one really seen that before. Um, and I couldn't tell you why. It's just, I think, for maybe for all the reasons I've been, we've been saying that there was no real, um, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of thought put in it. It was really just as <laughs> raw. It was super raw. It was real authentic. It was just, uh, just what, what, what it was. So you guys are a cover band for a while for, you said three years, right? And then you just decided, Hey, let's try to write some original songs. Did, did you have kind of a fan base going for those years or where were you playing? Like, yeah, I suppose it was just mostly at flat parties and, and, you know, 21st birthdays and, you know, wherever we could, wherever we could play, we really just enjoyed playing live. Open mic nights. Open mic nights, just whatever we, we could and would bring the whole troop of friends along with us. The whole rugby team would come. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, um, and, yeah, it was definitely these guys because I, I wasn't around in those very early days in the, um, in the, the cover days. Um, but it was definitely these guys' ability to bring people with them and create like a, a sense of community. I think that's why it worked on Facebook. Um, uh, I think Mutt's being bizarrely humble. Uh, uh, if you know it, that's very strange. Um, no, but I think, you know, they had, a, they had a really amazing ability to bring people together, like you said, and to create a community. And it was, uh, it was very early days of Facebook. So it was people were looking for something and, uh, and the songs are really good. So that, that doesn't hurt. Sure. So was it a recording of, of your songs or was it like a live clip or like what, what blew up on Facebook? Oh, there were recordings. We went into a, what we thought was a professional studio and professional <laughs> setup, but, um, what was that? Like? Well, tell me about that. Where, where was the studio? Uh, it was in Dunedin again, at, um, at just, um, I don't even think it was a studio. Basically here's, here's what happened. We were like, okay, we want to, we're going, so let's try and make some, write some new, some original material. And so we booked, we just set up a band set up in um, one of our rooms at our flat. So, okay, here's our rehearsal spot. We'll write songs here. We need an engineer slash producer. And so we had the great idea to go down to the local music store and ask the guy behind the counter if he knew an engineer or a producer. And he said, I'm an engineer and a producer. Of course he is. <laughs> and we it's said, like you found the guy. Yeah, yeah. And we said, you've got the job. That's <laughs> a running thread throughout this band, actually. So weird. When I think back, it's so ridiculous the way we <laughs> went about it. Um, and so he put he put together what a collection of songs. Did any of those make that first record, or was uh, or do you re-record everything to to put that album? Out? We re-recorded some stuff. It was very okay. very rough. It was very loose. I kind of, a couple of songs made the original, um, the original album, but not not the rest didn't make it because they weren't great. We were just we just didn't want to put them on the album for yeah. some reason. We were like, oh, it didn't make sense to us. The song was already out that would put it on an album. Because we're so that was the naivety that we had. We we're just like, oh, we would rather write a ri completely original music on the album than than do the one that was already working. Yeah. <laughs> so you got this guy behind the counter. He records some songs for you. You just throw them up on Facebook and what? Come back. What? How quickly does it take off? Is it the next day or? Uh, no, I mean it was, a, it was a it was a slow burn. Like you know, a couple months. It was it was a word of mouth situation. Okay. Literally start a Facebook page and make the um, 
have the music free. And people would message the Facebook page and then like, to buy the thing. They say, yeah, we'd like, you know, an EP. And so Eli, our drummer, would be like, okay, and jump in his car and drop it off at the house and grab oh, the Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was our marketing strategy is send the drummer. That's amazing. That no, That's cool, though. I'm sure those that uh, it ties into the whole community piece of it, right? I mean, having everybody come together, the, the fact that a member of the band is showing up at your house to give you the CD, to give you the EP, like that's just life-changing. I've never heard of that before. Can you imagine yeah, I, like having your favorite band just knock on your door and be like, yo, here's the disc you wanted. <laughs> well, I remember when I, I joined the band, maybe like what, six months after that? Yeah, maybe something like that. And uh, my first gig, I was, I was really just coming in to fill in for a couple of gigs and play some bass. And I went to the first gig at this little bar, South Bar, and uh, it was ran. I didn't know. I just, you know, these guys gave me the CD, said learn the songs, uh, which I kind of did. And uh, <laughs> I turned up and it was just heaving. Like it was probably illegal how many people were there. Um, and I was like, oh shit, this is a, this is a real band. Like this is, they've got a following. So people like, like really get into this shit. So that was, it was kind of cool from the outside, not knowing these guys, never having heard of them to go, oh, there's something happening, something bubbling. And uh, yeah, like, again, I think it's that kind of community thing that, that happened. Wow. And then you, you put the record out. How much, how much later after that was going to the album come out? Uh, I think a year or a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. So you just, what, were you torn or not? Did you tour at all through, through that first kind of EP or were just mainly just local, sh local shows? We kind of did. We didn't, I don't think it was a tour, but we, we took shows, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. We'd go to a spot show here, spot show there. We started doing a couple of little beach festival, little things around New Zealand. And then um, because we had this fan base, the, all the labels started knocking. I'm sure. Yeah. So we just, we spent quite a lot of time um, talking to them. Yeah. Had a lot of free dinners. Yeah. It was great. Make sure you got a free dinner from all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then <it's> <laughs> <laughs> we did thing, really. Did you put out the well you put the first record out with massive entertainment, right? Or are you still about, with them? Well that's, that's our label. So, oh, that is your label. Yeah. So we were strangely enough, we had the foresight to create our own label right at the early days and not to sign a licensing deal, but to sign a distribution deal with Universal. So so you so massive is our label. Mm -hmm. And um we had a distribution plus i think it was called with universal at the time uh, oh okay yeah because their was just trying to um take everything from us <laughs> right so you guys yeah. are brilliant and then the record goes platinum goes, like a million times nine yeah. times <laughs> yeah, yeah. which yeah, it'll be the first um apparently it's gonna be the first diamond album in new zealand history which is i didn't even know that was a thing that's insane and think of the bands that have came out of there i mean lord is from new zealand yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. You know, amazing. Uh, yeah. And to, to have that, that's so huge. What a massive thing. Yeah, man. Wow. Okay. So then that record as well. And then obviously the second album is incredible as well. But with that, with the success of that first album, like how did that, did that take you out of New Zealand at that point where your show is just getting massive there in New Zealand? Like, yeah, that opened the door overseas. We started going traveling regularly to Australia, a couple of stints to Germany and the UK. Um, and they did really well. Look, there's a massive expat community in, in a lot of those places. So we we're able to kind of just waltz in and play big rooms. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess our, our, our 
in education began then, which is which is weird. We we had this hit album and we're locally successful, and then we went about learning how to do it all again, you know, because it was just such a mistake. Um, and so that's why there was it was a long time between drinks, the first album and the second album. Sure. Well, I mean, to have something kind of blow up when you're not expecting it, then it's like you kind of have to catch up, right? It's like, okay, this is taking off. Like, what do we do? Like, you weren't really expecting it, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of learnings around that. But um, yeah, the first album was open those doors. Uh-huh. And, and um, look, so our, our trait is, I think we get bored really easily and we, <clears throat> we're not, it doesn't excite us, the idea of doing the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. And that uh, the bands and music that we like, the bands that we like, they evolve and they grow and they take you along with them. Mm-hmm. And those, those were the kind of cornerstones of what we were trying to do from an early, from an early um, stage um, because we wanted to do this forever. Sure. <laughs> Don't break it. Yeah. <laughs> do you, did you have any sort of like worry in your mind at all when it came to putting out the second record? Like, is this going to, is our career going to continue? Like, are we going to be able yeah. to follow this up? Yeah. We have that every single thing we release, we're worried if it's like all going to crumble and then we're, I'm going to have to get a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that's the nature of being, uh, being a musician, being creative. Uh-huh. And I think that, that worry and that fear is something we've learned to, uh, run towards sure yeah Yeah, i mean then you go the second one goes number one again goes you know a million times platinum and then obviously it works the second time and how does that like further expand the career take does that take you to the next level yeah then um then a bunch of other labels from overseas um came knocking and went through a process of talking and then we actually signed with capital here in in la Mm -hmm. and um and we came when we started, you know, doing a bunch of stuff in the states, and and shows became bigger. And at home, it just it was just going berserk because we had managed to achieve the crossover from the first album being like this rootsy reggae infused local earthy thing mm-hmm. that people were so attached to because it was it was quintessentially Kiwi, to then uh, turning around and making pop songs because that's what we wanted, wanted to do. And it just, it just took what it meant to be a band from New Zealand to a whole different level. You mm-hmm. know, uh, we, we kind of broke a mold there um, and rustled a lot of feathers in the, at, the same, yeah. at the same time. Oh, is that right? Just yeah. with uh, early fans being like... Yeah, you know. look, another thing we say to ourselves is, you know, we, the, is, you know you gotta, you got to risk losing fans to gain a whole lot more. Sure. And uh, again, if they, if they like the old stuff, they can always listen to the old stuff. And you have to evolve it as a band. Like who wants to hear the same record 10 albums in a row, you know, hundred percent like that. When, when bands evolve, it just, I mean, look at a band like you too. Like they don't, they haven't been a band and have a, you know, a hit record for the past, what, 30 years or more, 40 years because they did the same thing every time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we'd get bored. I'm sure people would get bored hearing the same songs over and again. And I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of, that's how we do things. We could, even if we tried to make the same music, I don't think we, we could do it. <laughs> it just doesn't come out. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and when you put a record out in 2019, at the end of 2019, what, I mean, that must've been difficult going into the 2020. Were you able to support the album at all or talk to yeah, me about where were you? 
were when the when COVID happened. That was super frustrating. We released an album. We were on tour at the time it dropped, and we we're just coming back through the UK, through Europe, and we we're finishing a tour, like our biggest ever tour in Australia. And then we, I think we would did a five date tour in New Zealand, and the week after the last show, New Zealand went into lockdown because we, um, for those that don't know, New Zealand acted pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Oh man, we had like two cases in the whole country. It was locked down for eight weeks. <laughs> and um, well, you guys were also early on getting out of it too. You were having festivals yeah. and stuff when everyone was still like locked in. Yeah, and we we benefited from that as well. We got to play a show when we opened back up, which was which was really good. It was like like our kind of biggest success so far back home. We played in this place called Eden Park, which is like our biggest stadium. And um, so that was actually the first band to ever play there. Like no other artists ever played there. So it was pretty cool. Wow. Um, How big was that? I mean, what's the seating on there? Uh, it was like 50,000, something like that. Holy yeah. <laughs> yeah, 50,000. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was disappointing because we, you know, the album was really good. That, uh, the, that last album we put out and we mm -hmm. didn't have an opportunity to, you know, bring it over to the States mm -hmm. and do a proper run in, in Europe. So that was, a, that was a bit of a bummer that we, uh, yeah. we kind of lost a bit of an album cycle. So um, we're just going to make a new amazing album. That's <laughs> the plan. Yeah. So what, what were you guys during, you know, the lockdown or over the past year and a half, were you able to start working on a new record? Like what were you guys up to and how do you adapt to something like that? Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. It wasn't that uh, didn't feel overly creative. I mean, we're, I always, we're always working on it. We're, 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 creating the vision and we're trying to figure out what, what kind of record we want to make. Um, but it was really hard. We were, we were lucky that, you know, the, we toured the, finished the tour at the start of 2020, got that over that we went into lockdown. So we, we weren't necessarily in a place to start working on music anyway. We were it's kind of holiday mode. Right. And, um, uh, and then we got to tour again through the end of 2020 to start of 2021. And then New Zealand went back into lockdown. So we're pretty lucky. We kind of dodged lockdowns there. Um, and now we're just here in America because it's too, I don't know. It's hard to be creative at home. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why we've kind of just reached this level where it's too easy to be, um, to be lazy at home. <laughs> that, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did yeah. you, when did you guys come back or when did you come out to LA? I think we've been here about a month now. Yeah. True. We, we landed, we played a couple shows. Um, we played Boulder Rock Festival in Napa. Oh, yeah, Napa. How was that? Love it. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. That's such a cool spot. It's, it's a, such a rad uh, event, too. Yeah, 100%. Really played a couple side shows around there. And then we got down to <clears throat> LA, and then we've just been in the studio ever since, working on a new album. Wow. And how much, like have you like were did any of it start in in new zealand or was this all like fresh when you got here because you said uh, you've only been here for about a month yeah most of it's fresh i mean we came with a bunch of ideas um but we always consider that kind of training you know mm -hmm. what i mean um we're not attached to it so we're like we just write songs for to write songs and then we get here and start thinking a bit more critically and more being a bit more uh, deliberate um so i think maybe a handful of ideas might have scraped through into this stuff now but we're on some new, new wavelengths. So we're just um, enjoying making stuff from, from scratch. Do you guys write as a band? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are. This, it's been different every album, but this, this album, we really wanted to do that together. And I think 
I can speak for everyone when we're all, uh, when I say we're all a little bit trepidatious about doing that because we haven't done that for a while, not since the first album written together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's actually been amazing. I think, I think the training paid off maybe, I don't know what it was, but we've somehow gotten to a kind of symbiotic kind of thing where we're finishing up each other's Sentences. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, oh man, that's funny. Uh, and then you got your two, what these two shows coming up are your yeah. first, like, I mean, official, what would you say? Yeah, like headline shows in the US? Yeah, a yeah. proper headline. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so LA on the 9th and at the Fonda, at the Fonda Theater, which is, I'm, I'm really excited to go there here. It's pretty cool. And uh, New York on the 14th at Webster. Oh, Webster Hall, yeah. Yeah, two yeah. iconic venues you get, to, you get to play. Yeah, pretty pumped about that. So we're going to rehearse for that next week, I think. And you obviously have been able to play. What was the first show back, the big stadium show you did? Um, no, what was the first show? Uh, actually, it was in a place called Waitangi, which is a pretty significant um, little town in, uh, in New Zealand. But we basically shut the entire town down and uh, uh, depending on who, which local you ask, ruined their, uh, their serene place or uh, made them a lot of money. So it really depends who you ask. <laughs> it, was, it was a cool way of, uh, of starting a tour, to be honest. It's yeah. one of those beautiful places in New Zealand. You said, it, what, what did you, you, you described it as something. You said it's... Uh, it's historically very important. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you... What, 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 uh, why would you say... Better equipped to answer uh, that. Well, it's just um, we we played right adjacent to the Waitangi Treaty Grounds. Is basically the the place where the Maori, the Indigenous of New Zealand, and the British Crown signed the treaty of of to to bind the two. You know. To oh, bind. interesting. Which again, depending on who you ask, yeah. is a travesty or it's it's a great thing. But <laughs> regardless, it is the um, it is kind of the birthplace of modern New Zealand. So to be able to play right next to it was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, it was amazing. That is, that is amazing. That is awesome. And then the, you're working on the new record now. Yes. Yep. And uh, future plans, I mean, aside from the two shows, is it just going to be finishing up this record in LA? Yeah, we've got another week in the, in the studio until we do these two shows. And then we have a tour booked through the UK and Europe um, in November. Mm-hmm. Had one in Australia too, but because of the Australian COVID situation, we've had to postpone that till next April. And um, we're going to be here until we're going to have Christmas and New Year's here because we can't get home. Yeah, we're stuck. <laughs> we're basically stuck because really, yeah. There's no um, you have to quarantine when you go back to New Zealand. Two weeks in a hotel room, and there's so many people trying to get those those rooms that it's just a uh, just too hard. So they just go too quick. So we're gonna. Do the tour, come back in December, continue to work on the album, which is good because we've allowed ourselves more time to get this album right. Uh-huh. And then have Christmas and New Year's somewhere, I don't know, Vegas or something. Mexico, <laughs> come up with the stars. Mexico, oh, Mexico, Mexico, there you go. Yeah, it'd be cool. And we'll come visit you in Nashville, maybe. <laughs> my house is open to you guys. We'll have uh, a big Christmas yeah. dinner. <laughs> yeah, let's the wall, man. Let's sort that out. Yeah. <laughs> a big Thanksgiving, big Christmas. Yeah. yeah, all those things will be cool. And then we'll we'll be here till January when and then we have to go to Dubai of all places because we're the um we're the New Zealand music ambassadors for the World Trade Expo in Dubai. 
Wow, that's quite a uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds impressive. I don't know what it means, but uh, it's pretty great. Yeah, but I've never been you, drunk in Dubai before. That's so. true. <laughs> that's a reason to go. Bucket list. There you go. What do they have you doing? Do you know? Uh, we'll just play. We'll perform some songs. We we one of our original New Zealand uh, iconic songs called "Don't Forget Your Roots." Uh-huh. It was basically the first song that put us on the map back home. Sure. Um, last year we. Uh, re-released it in Te Reo Māori in the in the native language, and that just again for some reason took us to a whole other place. So we're going to go over there, perform that song in Māori with a big kapahaka group, which is a like a traditional, a traditional Māori dance, but dance, dance group. It's yeah. hard to explain. I don't know if you've ever seen a haka before when the All Blacks uh-huh. come out. Well, have a look at what I'm going to look it up haka. now right after this conversation. Yeah, H A K A. And so it's like one of those groups with us performing a song at the World Trade Expo and just wowing the crowd. There's actually a video of us playing Don't Forget Your Roots uh, at at the um, Eden, Eden Park, Park show with a huge kapahaka group. So if you want to get a, an idea of how that oh, pretty, cool. pretty powerful stuff, um, check that out on YouTube or whatever. What a huge thing to do. Like, was it difficult to translate the song into the native language and everything? Oh, I had, I had the right people to help me. Oh. Um, <laughs> Right. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was pretty difficult to sing. Would you, any plans to write a song in that, like that or no? We just actually a month ago released another song in Māori back home. Um, part of uh, what is Māori Language Week in New Zealand, where okay. a lot of local artists released songs in, in Te Reo Māori as a, you know, as a way to try and reinvigorate the culture and the language in our, in our home country. I love that. That's really rad. Yeah, so there's a real, there's a really strong movement back home to um, reestablish the culture and the language, and um, I guess normalize it. Uh-huh. And yeah, so we're really stoked to be kind of the taking the lead. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Do you speak Mali? No. I don't. Oh, it's Which difficult. Is- I'm sure it's a difficult language to learn. Uh, it's just another language to learn. Yeah, it's a language. Just another language. But yeah. um, it was just really lost to a lot of Māori because. Um, well, for racism and um, mm. a lot of uh, Māori uh, parents didn't want their kids to learn it just for the stigma. risk of for stigma and a risk of being vilified for it. So, um, yeah, it was never it was never given to me, which oh. is a shame. So part of the part of this movement and and writing songs of Māori is to change that for the next generation. That's amazing. That's really cool. And thank you both so much for taking time to to do this. I know you're in the studio and you got busy and you got stuff going on, but thank is you. It- so much for doing this. <laughs> I have one more question, if you don't mind. Uh, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. <clears throat> Play shows. Don't wait to be asked. Yeah. All yeah, right. Don't wait. Don't wait. Just do it. Just do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs>